Hi, how are you? You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Did you know that there are many different parenting styles? The most common ones you'll hear psychologists talk about are authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, and perhaps uninvolved. If you've been anywhere near the internet, you will also hear titles like helicopter parent, bulldozer parent, and free range parent. There are so many different ways to raise our children. Unfortunately, many of these styles or these words are used in a negative way. Warren Can is a psychologist and CEO of the Parenting Research Centre. He says that parenting styles aren't always what they seem. Hi, Warren. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you for having me on the show. Now, you're a psychologist. A few of those um, parenting styles I mentioned are often used um, when talking about parenting styles. Are titles for parenting styles important? I mean, how useful are they? It does make you wonder, doesn't it? Because um, many of them are, are, are quite negative in the way they depict parenting, parents and, uh, and parenting. Uh, in fact, I, I could add maybe a couple more to your list, um, mm-hmm. like the, the lawnmower parent. Yes. This is, this, is the, this is the parent who kind of smooths things out uh, so their child never has to feel any frustration or, or discomfort. Or another, another common one that I hear a little bit is the hyper parent. Oh. And this is the parent who has their child overscheduled and has them doing things sort of every minute of, of every day. Um, and look, I doubt usefulness of these uh, labels. Uh, first of all, many of them don't really have a scientific basis. They are often based on anecdotal observations. And they're often, I think, used in a really overgeneralized way. And sometimes what they end up doing is criticizing people for doing perfectly good things. So take, for example, the hyperparenting. We know from the research that children's involvement in extracurricular activities, you know, like sports and music and things like that, is good for children's development. And in fact, it's actually additive. So the more things, the better. Now, it is possible, probably, to completely overschedule, but it turns out that the evidence that we have suggests that that's very, very rare. And yet you'll often hear these terms being used to describe a whole population of parents. And I think it's quite undeserved and can be quite misleading. And if you're a parent and someone um, says, oh, you're being a helicopter parent, that can make you really paranoid that you're doing everything wrong, that you're raising a child that's going to be uh, entitled and uh, unable to look after themselves. Right. So not only not only are these sorts of labels not necessarily very helpful, because in the end, how do you decide whether or not you are an overprotective parent? Um, you know, like do you do you tick enough of the boxes, <laughs> you know, to yep. to qualify? And, and when exactly do you qualify? And what kind of parenting uh, is o- overprotective in that sense? I don't. I don't. I think that um, when you get labelled with those sorts of things, potentially it could damage your confidence, uh, and I don't think that is very helpful. So, look. In the end, I think we need to move away from these broad, unhelpful labels and really more focus on what is happening for us and our child. We need to think much more at a kind of practical and a functional level, rather than be too worried about branding. 
you know, like deciding what particular brand of parenting we're, 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 we're doing here. Because you, you argue that the way we parent can often be dependent on the child themselves. What do you mean by that? All right. So, look, once upon a time, it wasn't that long ago, uh, psychology and, and the science of child development was based on, a, on an assumption that children were born like a blank slate and then essentially their personalities, who they were to become as adults, then get shaped by the experience they have and particularly by the way they are parented. And this view goes back to Freud's way of thinking about uh, child development. But we know a lot more now. And one of the things that we know is that children are not born as a blank slate. They come into the world very much as active agents. They come into the world ready and prepared to interact with the world. And any parent who has more than one child will have learnt that they start off being very, very different. And one of the ways in which they are different is um, through a, uh, a biological basis, and that's temperament. And temperament is a biological um, basis for differences in the way people or children behave. So not only do children inherit physical characteristics of their parents, they, through their genetics, also inherit different ways of behaving. And those ways of behaving are quite important because the way your child reacts and responds to the world is going to influence how you interact and respond to them. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you have, um, for example, you might be, you and your partner might be very loud and boisterous, and then you have a child who might appear to be defiant well, that's every toddler in the world, but um, you might find, you might look at other children and think, well, my child's way more defiant than them. Why is that? Is that part of the whole temperament package sometimes? Yeah, I, I like the way you, you've put that because I'm not wanting to Im- imply that uh, we have good children and bad children, but that we have children who have different characteristics. And um, what this means for parents is that issues and challenges can arise when there's not a good fit between the child's temperament and the situation. And sometimes issues can arise when there's not a good fit between the child's temperament and the parent's temperament. So, you know, if you're a, you're, you're a multitasking, busy, you know, tuned in parent and you te- you've got a kind of shy, kind of dreamy, quiet child who takes forever to put their shoes on while they read the the back of the Weepix box for the 25th time in the morning. You know, you can, you can just imagine that there's going to be room for conflict here because we have sort of like styles, you know, these ways of behaving or temperaments which are a little bit different. Or if you have a really shy child, you can imagine that first day at kinder is going to be a nightmare, right? You know, the, the child's going to be crying, we're going to be crying, yes. you know, it's going to be a nightmare. But down the track, you're not likely to hear complaints from the teacher. But if you've got one of those really outgoing, active kids who <laughs> shows very little or no separation attachment, uh, bound into kinder on the first day, the first day of kinder is not going to be a problem. But you never know, down the track, a few months later, you might get a call from the teacher about maybe their behaviour in the classroom. So it's not that we have good or bad kids. We have kids with different temperaments and those temperaments will suit them in different situations. So what Um, do we do with that as a parent? Because, you know, as you mentioned, we as parents have our own temperament, which might relate to 
the way we think we want to parent our child mm-hmm. and then we, we start this parenting gig and then we realize it's not working the way we parent isn't working for our child. Um, how do we actually reassess that in a way that's going to help our children? Right. I think that's a great question. I think the first thing to do is, is to be aware um, that temperament matters. And this is not just about what you are doing as a parent. Parenting is not a level playing field. And your child will bring a set of characteristics to the table that are going to impact on the way you parent. Um, So first of all, accept that this is not just about you. But even beyond that, I think it's good to learn to value and accept your child's temperament. After all, it's kind of what makes them different. It's what what makes them as special. Um, And so learning to appreciate that style uh, can be quite helpful because then we won't be I guess inadvertently or or even deliberately putting pressure on a child to be somebody who they're not. Secondly, I think if you're aware of your child's temperament, it will help you to better predict where their strengths and challenges will lie. It'll help you prepare for situations where you might anticipate your child experiencing challenges. So, for example, you know the the very shy child who you're introducing to a, a, new, a new situation. In some ways, being aware of a child's temperament helps you understand where the challenges and, and also where the potential battlegrounds might, um, might come up. The third thing is, is that if you're sensitive or if you're paying attention to your child's temperament, it gives you an opportunity to tailor, tailor your approach to them, to the way you parent them. But what I want to say here is that I don't want to overstate this because even though temperament results in everybody being different, we are still talking about children. We're still talking about human beings. And so the fundamentals of good parenting will tend to apply where no matter what temperament your child has. This is not a matter of having to reinvent totally your parenting um, for each one of, one of your children. Where I think sometimes we get... Um, uh, we can be tricked or get into a bit of a trap is that we've tried something with one child and it worked perfectly well. Then we try it with the next child and because of their temperamental differences, it doesn't quite work as quickly. So we give up mm. uh, and it can often be that that strategy was perfectly good, but we just needed to be a little bit more persistent and a little bit more consistent uh, because that child was going to take a little bit more time to to adapt and learn the strategy. Does that make sense? Yeah. So what would you say are kind of the parenting fundamentals that wouldn't wouldn't necessarily change regardless of temperament? You might adjust it a little bit, but what are the foundations? Yes. So the way you might adjust it is, um, is by adjusting your style rather than adjusting the strategy. So let's, let's take some examples. All children need affection and warmth. Um, the way you might demonstrate affection and warmth to a child may depend on what they like and how they respond to different forms of affection and warmth. But affection and warmth will be important to all children. Another thing that's really important to children, for example, is predictability and consistency in parental behaviour. Now, for some children, um, they are really easygoing and they don't necessarily respond negatively when their parent is a little bit inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You know, so if it's okay to jump on the couch one day, but when I'm in a bad mood, not so okay the next day. For some kids, 
they will kind of go, okay, whatever you say, mum or dad, and not be overly concerned. But for children who are, are reactive or very responsive to their environment, they're more likely to be upset by inconsistency and changes which they can't predict. So when we're aware that we have one of a, a child like this, then we can invest more effort in being consistent and predictable because it matters more for this for this particular child. Um, so again, consistency and predictability is good for everybody, but for children who are very reactive to changes and things getting out of order and not being routine, then sometimes we need to kind of increase the amount of predictability and uh, consistency. Uh, uh, to benefit that child and ensure they develop in the way that they can. And I'm assuming that boundaries is also important for children. Right. So regardless of their temperament, regardless of whether they are completely <laughs> compliant, I've yet to meet a child like that, but let's just say there's a child who will just go along with everything you ask them to do and they're very compliant or one who is always defying you and not listening to what you say. Either way, the boundaries need to be the same. Let's just say they're the same, right. two children in the same family. Right, exactly. So, and and the principles of that, you know, in terms of being clear on your expectations as much as you can be, um, setting, you know, really understandable and simple rules, uh, catching catching your kids being good when they're following the rules, and then having a consistent response when they miss when they break the rules and do something which is, you know, hurtful or disruptive to others. Those things are going to be as important no matter what temperament you have. But if you do happen to have a child with a more uh, reactive or or, or, um, or even a, a child who's got higher levels of aggression, then what we are going to need is um, a higher degree of persistence and consistency to help the child uh, ultimately learn uh, the skills that we're trying to teach them. So, Warren, if you had to summarise that, we've started off talking about parenting styles and how they're not necessarily that useful. What do you think is the the best way to look at the way we parent our kids? Yeah, so um, I, I think, first of all, let's not dismiss them totally out of hand. You know, like sometimes there'll be some interesting little kernels in um, the way somebody describes a parenting style that we can take from and learn. But I think we're way better served focusing on what is happening between us, our individual child, and our, our own approach, and learning what works. Because if we do it that way, um, what we're going to find is that we can adapt our parenting style to suit our child's particular needs and particular temperament. Um, and that doesn't mean totally reinventing our approach to parenting for every child, but it does mean tinkering or tailoring with our approach so that our child gets the best opportunity to kind of learn the lessons that we're, we're, we're um, attempting to teach them as they grow up. Warren, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That's Warren Can. He's a, he's a psychologist and the CEO of the Parenting Research Centre. How soon does the fight start for gender equality? Our next episode covers a story where it begins on the school oval. You know, it is actually equipping our sons as much as our daughters with language and the ability to communicate about gender equality, which is a concept that hopefully once they get into the workplace, we're not even talking about anymore. 
That's Prue Gilbert from the Grace Papers. She'll be our guest on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper. I'm Siobhan Hunt.